live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on what's today? Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. The office that handles urgent passport applications for New York City and Long Island, described as backlogged in a July letter from six area House members, including three from Long Island, has added staff to cut wait times, according to the State Department. Nicholas Spangler reporting on Newsday.com that Assistant Secretary for the Bureau of Legislative Affairs, Naz Durakoglu, wrote in an August 8th letter to Representative Andrew Garbarino, the Republican from Bayport, that the New York Passport Agency had added seven support associates to its eight-member customer support team to bolster the agency's ability to quickly facilitate urgent travel. One of the existing staffers is on extended leave, Durakoglu wrote about 2.6 million passport applications were awaiting processing on July 15th, a 75% increase from that point in fiscal year 2022. Staffing issues and surging demand have combined to increase wait times for all passport processing offices nationally this year that serve customers with international travel within 14 days. The U.S. State Department, which runs the New York Passport Agency, responded to the national crunch by authorizing overtime and hiring more workers. But Congressman Garbarino and other representatives said in a July 13 letter to State Department officials that delays at the New York agency had jeopardized travel plans for their constituents. In an email this week, Garbarino described the backlog as totally unacceptable but remained encouraged by the State Department's response to my request to address the problem. That is uh, Garbarino's quote. Yesterday afternoon, two lines outside the New York Passport Agency's Manhattan office on Hudson Street had about 15 total people. Several people waiting in line said their experience had been almost friction-free. In other news, members of two Long Island Indian nations have expressed concern about potential disruption of native burial and artifact sites along portions of the land-based route of the Sunrise Wind Cable, and the developers says uh, it's working with the nations to monitor the work. Harry Wallace, chief of the state-recognized Onkachog tribe near uh, located on the Puspatuck Reservation near Mastic, or Territory, said he was aw- made aware of the potential conflicts about a month ago and has had meetings, uh, recent meetings with representatives of Sunrise Wind to express his concerns. A representative of the federally recognized Shinnecock Nation also has concerns. Mark Carrington reporting on Newsday.com that the 17.5-mile cable will make landfall at Smith Point County Park and travel along William Floyd Parkway before making its way to a Holbrook substation along the LIE. Newsday has reported that preliminary construction for the project, which will bring 924 megawatts of power to the Long Island grid, began last month. An online open house to detail the plan is scheduled for today at 6 p.m. Questions can be submitted to the developers prior to the session. The um, project promises to provide power to some 600,000 homes by the time it's fully constructed in 2025. Wallace said the developers have been open to his demands. Quote, we're now in discussions after I screamed and yelled and hollered. He said, I'm going, excuse me, I'm getting a monitor in place as soon as possible to prevent any desecration of our sacred ground, end quote. A spokesperson for Sunrise Wind said the developers are working with the nations to make sure no culturally sensitive sites are disturbed. Speaking of developments here on land, the heart of Riverhead Civic Association is hosting the EPCAL Watch Group at the Civics Monthly Meeting tomorrow evening for an update on plans at the Calverton Enterprise Park. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that this Thursday's meeting, which is open to the public, will be held at the Vale Levitt Music Hall on Peconic Avenue in Riverhead from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Doors opening at 6 o'clock. Tomorrow's presentation by members of EPCAL Watch and their invited panelists will discuss plans aired by Calverton Aviation and Technology, a triple five group company for vacant land at the former Grumman Manufacturing Plant. CAT is in contract to purchase 1,644 acres of vacant land, including the site's two runways from the town of Riverhead 
for $40 million. And finally, a proposal from the Mauritius Bay Project to install oyster and clam farms at three sites on Quantuck Bay was tabled last week by the Southampton Town Trustees while the town attorney's office determines whether the plan is in sync with a recently adopted town aquaculture program. When the town attorney says table it, we hit the brakes. Trustee President Scott Horowitz said following the August 7th trustees meeting, the Mauritius Bay Project, founded in 2012 by West Hampton Beach resident Laura Fabrizio, has raised and seeded more than 2.5 million oysters into Mauritius Bay over its 10-plus year history, according to the nonprofit's website. Tom Gagola reporting on at 27East.com that the organization, which has an office in West Hampton Dunes, also offers educational programs that this year featured oyster farm outings at the West Hampton Dunes Overlook and at Lashley Beach, located uh, both located off Dune Road. At issue for the town and the trustees is that the bottomlands are a shared but limited resource with multiple stakeholders, environmentalists, baymen, homeowners, recreational anglers, and the like, all vying for access. Reading in uh, the weather in Hempton Bays in honor of Leslie Perlman of Good Ground Yoga, joining us for the Wednesday work segment, underwritten by the Lust Group, looking like a 30% chance of showers before 9 a.m., partly sunny otherwise, with a high near 75 uh, degrees, east wind around 8 miles per hour. Happy to say no rain in the forecast for tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 66 degrees. East wind around 6 miles per hour. Right now, it's 66 degrees. We've got the after edition prepared for you this morning, uh, all in honor of Chrissy and Robert Bach of the Locksmiths. They'll be playing, I believe, acoustically in the studio at the bottom of the next hour. Their brand new single, After the Flood. It's all after songs, but we're going to put it all after the Wednesday work segment, underwritten by the Lust Group, as we speak to Leslie Perlman right out of the gate, because she's here, and she's wonderful, and we're so grateful to her for being so flexible. I um, double booked her somehow, I think, this uh, this month, or last month. I can't remember. Time. Last month. Last month. No. A few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. It's so wonderful to have you here with us. I'm very happy to be here. So tell us everything. I have, I have a, a very nice summary from Ellen Perlman, from your mother. <laughs> she is a, she she's like a press secretary. Well, you know, do you want your mother to be your press secretary? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I can understand, but she she you know. Here we go. I'll read. Founder of Good Ground Yoga in Hampton Bays, opened in May 2012. Mm-hmm. Due to COVID, she closed her doors in March 2020, moved her classes online to Zoom, where she has grown her memberships globally by offering personalized attention to all students. But in the back of her mind was always the hope to reopen and offer both online and in-person classes. For several months, she's been looking for a space that would allow her to restart her studio. Um... Uh, and last week discovered her old space in Hampton Bays was available again. Yes. She quickly contacted the landlord and within days signed a new lease. She plans to reopen on Friday, July 14th at the Hampton Green in Hampton Bays. So is that in fact what happened? Yes. You know, it's it's actually an unbelievable story because I'd been looking for about a year for a space. And I thought to myself, okay, I guess it's just not happening I couldn't find anything. And I thought, okay, you know, let me just look online and see if there's anything available. And I typed in Hampton Bay's commercial real estate for rent. And lo and behold, my studio space showed up on the computer screen. That's amazing. That's like, that's really like, it's one of those perfect stories of manifestation. And like, you know, however you feel about the word term God, but... When what do you what, when you close well, a, when you close a door another open, one opens yeah yeah I mean I think of it as like um, it, you can think of it as manifestation or um, you can think of it as magic you can also really think of it is. as a sign yeah. um, but when something like that happens you just at that point I didn't even think about it I said yes I signed the lease the next day and I opened ten days later that's a beautiful story yeah so how has it been 
uh, it's been about a month. Right? It's been about a month. Yeah, it's been amazing. You know, it's it's so interesting because, you know, I was open for about nine years before that, and the studio was thriving and doing really well, and then COVID came. Right. And, uh, you know, here I am sitting in the same space, all of the students back in the same spots. It's almost like COVID never happened, and yet everybody's changed and different. Right. right? So it's it's kind of a surreal experience. Can you talk about the ways that in which you've changed since COVID, through, yes, through all of that? through all of it. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I, I think the biggest thing is I learned to adapt and not be so rigid. Yeah. Um, you know, I had like a certain idea of the way things were supposed to be. And then very quickly decided that I could either get overwhelmed by not having control over things right. or to learn how to kind of go with the flow and pivot and discover things that I never knew was possible. That's, that's one of those um, really like the good stuff of hard mm-hmm. challenges in life is that you you learn an important skill. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, I think of, you know, the, the expression that growth demands a temporary surrender of security. Ooh. And that's what it felt like. Yes. Growth demands, say again, a temporary surrender of security. Yes. I, that's kind and of what we does. do on the yoga mat, too. It does. And can you talk about that? Because it, it's true. And I was thinking, like, my expectation when I asked you that question was, I fe- maybe she'll say, I learned to, I learned really just how crucial what I'm offering to, to mm-hmm. people is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Gosh, I can't think of a person that couldn't benefit from yoga no matter what, Mm -hmm. but especially through the between times. Yeah, well, because I think that between the transition time when things are so uncertain, it's even more important to feel grounded and settled in your own skin, comfortable in your own body. You know, so many people have such an interesting relationship with their body. It feels foreign or maybe their body has um, betrayed them in certain ways or they're struggling with pain in their body. Uh, And so when you learn to befriend your body and get comfortable with your body, then all of the other challenges in your life are, I think, more manageable. And you're like, okay, I feel achy, but uh, thank you to my body because I can move Mm -hmm. in some way. Well, I think it's really important to learn what is possible. You know, I think when you asked me that question, I thought a lot about, you know, before I was a yoga teacher, I used to be an attorney. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always love these stories. (laughs) Yeah. Please talk about it. Please talk more about uh, making a shift like that, the why and the how. Yeah. You know, I worked at uh, Legal Services and ran a domestic violence advocacy project. That is incredibly important, but uh, demanding work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was demanding. It's stressful. I didn't realize how stressed I was, actually, while I was doing it. You know, I did yoga as for for my own benefit. My mom actually introduced me to yoga when when I was a kid. Uh, So I was working as an attorney, and then I went on a yoga vacation. And when I was there, I felt a sense of peace and calm that I hadn't felt in a really long time. Uh, and I was also feeling a little disheartened with with Brooklyn Family Court and the legal system and how all of my clients were so disempowered and nothing that we were doing was making a real difference. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it Absolutely was. Absolutely heartbreaking. It was really hard. Um, and I think now if I had been doing yoga the way I do it now and learned all the things that I learned, maybe I would have been able to continue doing that kind of work. But I had no um, no skills and no tools for balance. It was like I was all in. I was totally stressed. Um, and then after that vacation, when I came back, I realized that you know I was always committed to social justice and doing things to make a difference and to help people. But I, I had this feeling after coming back that I could do it in a different way. And that the most empowering thing that a person can do is feel like they have control and agency over yes. their own well-being. Right. Um, and so I started, you know, studying yoga, and I took a leave of absence from my job, and uh, you know, became a yoga teacher, and then thought I was going to do both. Talk uh, about adapting. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, I've done this in my own life, where it's like you climbed the ladder toward the same goal but in a completely from a completely different direction yeah yeah and because because really the there's a, the thread is the same yes. right the thread is 
is healing, uh, empowerment, agency, um, feeling really good. And I think of the thread or the through line. I think of like a story with a through line. I think the through line is how to feel victorious in your life. Uh, and so for my clients, when I was doing domestic violence advocacy work, it's like, how can how can these clients feel victorious in their story? Right. Which was which felt like that could never happen. And for some people, you know, and they found their own path. And it's the same thing with the students at Good Ground Yoga that I work with is how do they feel victorious on their yoga mat? And the yoga mat is is really only I think of it as the greatest mm, the greatest training ground for life. Like on the yoga mat, you learn skills to practice being a better human right. and to feel victorious in, in that whole path. So on the mat, people are learning how to you know, work with their body in a way that feels really good or to build strength or intelligence they never knew they had. Um, and when you were talking a little bit, it was making me think about, you know, it's so easy to feel discouraged. It's so easy to feel like you can't do something. And sometimes you just need another person to be your advocate. Right. So I feel like I'm doing advocacy work, but in a totally different way. It's a beautiful right. thing. Can you well, let's touch on uh, how individual uh, practices are, and it, it goes along with your feeling victorious because I think sometimes, especially if you're new to to yoga or, or to the practice in general, mm -hmm. uh, you can think uh, start comparing what's going on in the mats around you. Can you talk about the importance of of not doing that? And how uh, every practice is unique. Yeah, absolutely. Even in, in, in a singular class. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, we compare. I mean, this is our human nature right. is always to compare. Uh, and so it is so essential for people to understand that everyone's experience is their own unique experience. But also to be the space holder to make that happen, right? Because I've been in classes where and I'll, where I'm comparing myself, even right. when I would um, study what with my, my teacher. What is my scorpion? Right. Exactly. And who who wants to have yes. a low score? Everyone wants to, to do well. Um, and some people are um, also more interested in pleasing, pleasing their teacher or um, feeling like they're um, – that their self-worth is dependent on like how they perform, right? right? So that's the other piece of it. But so, you know, when I teach, every single person is uniquely different and I get to know every single person. I want to know, I mean, of course, as much as they're willing to share. Yeah. Um, Where are your boo-boos? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, and and well, I, how can you bend? How far should you bend Yes, and, in a particular way or at a particular day. Exactly. And some people like know a lot about themselves. They know they come in with a particular injury. And, and most of my students or many of my students have chronic pain and injuries that nothing's been able to help. And so they'll come in and they know that. But then there are other people that are brand new, have never done this, and they don't really know. Um, they're learning this beautiful language of the body that they don't really understand. And so what I'm doing is I'm looking at every person. I'm not judging them, but I'm trying to see the whole thing right. and to see how things go together. Uh, so some we have body blind spots. We have um, patterns and habits. You know, just the way you're sitting there, and you know, just because of the habituation of what you do, your body's going to feel a certain way. True, right? So um, when I'm teaching, I'm always tailoring everything to every student. That's one of the things that I actually learned from my yoga teacher. Uh, her name is Anna Fars. She's a brilliant teacher, and she's one of the most renowned teachers, like modern teachers now. And I had the um, great privilege of being asked to be um, one of her senior teachers. So there's, at the time, there were, I think there were only 12 of us in the world. And what she really helped us learn how to do is to see and to feel and to pick up on what our eyes are seeing. We look at body language and how people move, but then also to like feel inside of our own bodies, what we're feeling to help a student make great healing choices and to not think about other people, to compare themselves to other people, but to focus on what can I do? What is the most healing choice that I can make? And that's kind of the, I think of it as the filter or the litmus test. It's like holistic uh, way to really use your intuition along with the rest of your senses to really make informed choices and and help your students. How lucky. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is really important because our intuition is very important. You know, like we can we can try to intellectualize things or think things or, you know, weigh this and weigh that. But, you know, all of us, sometimes we have like a gut feeling or yeah. we have an instinct or, you know, there's just something is telling us, like even though our head is saying one thing, some other part of us is telling us something else. We feel sick to our and stomach. trust your gut. Oh, my gosh, folks. <laughs> I, I, it took me so long in life to come to a place where I realized that that was one of the, the greatest tools I have to trust my gut because it's a good one. Yeah, well, you're lucky that you know that. There are a lot of people that— It took a that, long time. Yes, there's a lot of people. We're also taught that sometimes doing that is inferior to our intellect. I wonder why—I I, I try to figure out why. Why was it—why did it take so long? Why was I second—I think it was, it was part—you know what? Part of it— was conscious because I didn't I I had learned about ju- judgment and I'm trying to not be judgmental and then I had to like retrain that it's okay to to listen to yourself but I think it that... took a lot of examining though absolutely you have to examine all the time I call it evaluating your own evil but you know I that's love a very that. black and white it's not really evil but it's you know why why am i about to say or do xyz and really examining why before i uh, being more thoughtful yeah well i think of that actually as not judgment but discernment yes. which is very different right yeah. and so dis- that's when i talk about how the yoga mat is the greatest training ground for life is that's the place where you build the muscle because you're building strength on the yoga mat but you're building this strength of discernment Mm -hmm. which is a really important muscle very which you know i think i have a daughter who's 18 years old and you know she never learned this in school you know she didn't have a course on discernment and feeling and trusting yourself and what an important skill to be able yeah. to do. And I think COVID, when going back to that first question, that really helped me build this muscle of discernment because I had to trust they were, you know, it's like the rules all changed on us. Yes. And we didn't agree to the change. You know, very often when you're, I'm thinking like a lawyer, like you have a contract and you have two parties and you're, you know, deciding together, like, well, what are the terms? And we're going to change the terms. Well, all of a sudden, like everything changed and we didn't consent to it. Right. And so then we had to catch up. And that's exactly what I did. And so I had to build this muscle, this smart muscle of discernment of, should I choose this? Should I choose this? Should I do that? And then the day that that yoga studio popped up on my computer screen, you know, it wasn't a thinking decision. It was like a gut feeling. This is a sign. I need to say yes. I'm not quite sure how it's going to go. But I'm going to trust this muscle that I've been building for the last 30 years doing this yoga practice to follow what that instinct is telling me. Sometimes you got to build your parachute on the way down. Yeah. A, wise John, uh, a wise photographer told me from the North Fork, who I think is now in the Antarctic or something, taking photographs. We're so excited for you, Leslie. Where can folks go to find out more information about Good Ground Yoga? Well, they can go to the website, which is just goodgroundyoga.com. They can just show up for classes. Uh, We're at 107-5 Montauk Highway in Hampton Bays, right in the Hamlet Green. Uh, And they can just drop in for a class and uh, or just reach out to me at info at goodgroundyoga.com. Leslie Perlman, right here in the WLIWFM studio for the Wednesday Works Dish, or segment Underwritten by the Lust Group here on the heart of the East End Midnight and Morning Show. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Good Morning. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM News You Can Trust. Music you love. One, two, three. But there's people 
dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the trees. All right. I am so sorry to cut off Neil Young and Crazy Horse. It's a sin, I tell you. But Shuffle was on. And after I play Good Mornings After You, it was my intention to play The Miracles After All. And then in honor of recent birthday badass badass Chrissy Sampson Nower of the East Hampton Star, play a little After All by the Peacocks, the title track of their 2009 record. And then if nine were six, we're going to go back to 2006, uh, play uh, a little Festivus for the rest of us after it all from the one and only Cat Power, Pokey Lafarge, J.J. Kale, and the Revlons. After that, I'm Gianna Volpe. This is the after edition of The Heart, the weekday morning and midnight show. Uh, streaming online wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio. 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County. It's Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love, and don't worry, we will be playing Neil Young and Crazy Horse later on this morning. you iTunes from the miracles to the peacocks you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station WLIWFM this one's for you Chrissy
WLIWFM.
could be sailing off the coast of some tropical island Laying in shade of some big palm tree I chasing girls just sitting at home learning violin Doing all those other things I said I'd do eventually Instead I'm hanging around that water cooler Working every day Five o'clock, can't come sooner Working my life away Waiting for the evening to roll around Ain't no fun. Pray for no more water cool. Five o'clock, come much sooner than someday. Some nice sweet relief will come to me. Sending some love to my working humans out there. Pokey Lafarge, we're going to move over to uh, JJ Kale. Day after day to after midnight here on WLI WFM. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang out. After midnight, we're going to chill and shine. We're gonna cause talk and suspicion Give an exhibition Find out what it is all about After midnight We're gonna let it all hang out After midnight Gonna shake your tambourine After midnight, it's gonna be peaches and cream. We're gonna cause talk and suspicion, give an exhibition, find out what it is a whole label. After midnight, we're gonna let it all hang. Lopper and the Who after the Revlons right here on Long Island's only NPR radio station.
Music from all decades and genres, interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. up the Velvet Underground. After hours, lead you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. After, Coke after Coke. Following time after time, it's the after edition here on the Morning and Midnight Show, The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM. Coke 
If you close the door, the night could last forever. Leave the sun shine out and say hello to never. All the people are dancing and they're having such fun. I wish it could happen to me. But if you close the door, I'd never have to see the day again. If you close the door, the night could last forever. Leave the wine glass out and drink a toast to never. Oh, someday I know someone will look into my eyes and say hello. You're my very special one. But if you close the door, I'd never have to see the day again. Dog party bars, shiny Cadillac cars, and the people on subways and trains. Looking gray in the rain as they stand disarray, all but.